We've now come to the fourth Sunday of Advent. Today we light the fourth candle in our Advent wreath, the candle of reminding us of God's gift of love. Before we do that, let us remember the gifts God symbolized by other candles in the wreath. The light of hope, the light of peace, and the light of joy. The fourth candle helps us to remember that God is love. The Bible tells us that it is because God loved the world so much that Jesus came. The angel tells Joseph that the baby to be born will be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. Because God loves us and came into the world to be with us, we must love and care for others. Jesus came to show us how to live that love. We are Jesus' disciples in the world today. Jesus wants us to love others as he loves us. This candle reminds us that God loves us and that we must show that love by loving one another. Let us pray. God, thank you for loving us and for sending us Jesus to teach us about your love. Help us to remember that your love will never come to an end. Strengthen us to love others as you love us. In the name of Jesus, amen. So the word, the word today is love, and we hear that word a lot, and you can always Google the word love, and I did that the other day, and I came up with 3,400,000,000 results in 0.29 seconds on my computer, and I don't even have Google Fiber. Can you imagine how fast it would be if I had Google Fiber? So you, you pull up love, and so you think, what is going to be on the first page of your search request for the word love? Well, interestingly enough, on the first page of my computer is a website for the Love Calculator by Dr. Love. I was curious by that point. It seems safe enough. And so I went there, and it starts out like this. It says, sometimes you'd like to know if a relationship with someone could work out. Therefore, Dr. Love himself designed this great machine for you. With the love calculator, you can calculate the probability of a successful relationship between two people. Man, why didn't they think of this a long time ago? Could have saved so much trouble in my life alone. The love calculator is an effective way to get an impression of what the chances are on a relationship between two people. I was really curious at this point. The love calculator results when I put in my name and my wife's name says that Dr. Love thinks that a relationship between Brady Testorf and Trish Testorf has a 92% chance of being successful. Yes! That was awesome. I felt good about that. But this doesn't mean, it says, that you don't have to work on the relationship. Duh. <laughs> they have this kind of disclaimer, I guess. Remember that every relationship needs spending time together and talking with each other, etc. There's a clue for all of us out in the room. Those, the relationships needs those things, needs those things. So I was, I just went on a little bit longer. Emma, where are you at? Emma, I put in my daughter Emma's name and Justin Bieber. She was in love with Justin Bieber until he became a bad boy. She no longer is interested in him, if, I, if I'm correct about that. Thank you. 51%. So there's still hope for Justin. Justin would be the benefactor in that whole deal. I, I promise you that much. So then I thought, well, what about, what if I put in Jesus Christ 
in my name. So I did. Now, this, this, this was kind of scary because it said 62% chance of that working out. I was like, man, that, that's not good. So I tried something else. And I put in Jesus Christ's name, and I put in Jimmy Hensley's name. Jimmy was the guy just reading. I think, okay, let's see how we compare. 85%, Jimmy. You've got me beat. We well, should switch places. <laughs> I'll come sit down out there, man. I was like, what is going on? And obviously, we're not going to use the love calculator, right, to determine whether a relationship is going to work or not, especially when it comes to our relationship with the very one who breathes life into us and creates us. But I just thought that was a funny way to start out talking about love. Now, it, it, there was crazy different examples of different love websites, and I did not obviously go through three billion of them in preparation for this morning, because I don't need that, because really, the most important thing I need to, to turn to to fi- figure out what love is, is what the Bible has to say about it, and we know that's true. And so I want you to turn in your Bible to Isaiah chapter 9. We'll revisit this passage of Scripture just for a few minutes. Isaiah 9, starting at verse 6. And this is the, the prophecy of Isaiah of the coming of Christ into the world, of the coming of of hope, joy, peace, and love. And that's what we celebrate during the Christmas season. That's what we celebrate every day of our life, not just during this time. This gives us a time to really emphasize that. So Isaiah chapter 9, starting at verse 6, it says, For to us a child is born. To us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing it and upholding it with justice and righteousness. From that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. That was the prophecy of the Son that was to be given. And then if you turn to Luke chapter 2, the the kids shared that story in a creative way. It's a simple story with a profound meaning and a profound effect on all of mankind. Isaiah was the prophecy saying it was going to happen. Luke chapter 2 is it happening. Love coming into the world. And so we look at Luke chapter 2 where it says the birth of Jesus. I want to encourage you. You've heard the story before and you'll hear it again this morning. But as you listen to it, I want you to understand that, that this was no accident. It was told about years before, prophesied about it was going to come. And then at just the right time, in just the right place, through just the right people, Jesus came. And I, that must have an effect on us. The fact that God knew just exactly when Jesus needed to come. In, in uh, that particular time when Jesus was born, there was... There was opportunity then for um, people to be able to travel freely, for the message of the gospel to flow freely. God knew exactly when the people needed Jesus to come. 
And I want you to be encouraged this morning that God knows exactly what it is that you need right now in your life. You've, you must believe that. I know sometimes it's hard to. Sometimes we get distracted. There's other things going on in our life that take our focus off of that. But I think if we understand that God knows exactly what we need for this particular moment, right here and right now, that has an effect on us. It should, it should cause us to see Christmas differently. I want you to be encouraged by that. I, I need to be encouraged by that. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. And this was the first census that took place while Quirinius was a governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. Did you hear what it said in Isaiah? That from David would come this king, and that's where the kingdom would be established and the throne would be established through David's line. And it wasn't any accident that Joseph was from David's line. Significant. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. And while they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. It wasn't Motel 6, where they left the light on or didn't leave the light on in this particular case. It was a home like yours and mine where it was common in that day for you to come and say, could we stay? We're visitors from out of town. Is there a room for us to stay in? And either you had space or you didn't. We don't operate that way as much anymore. Though we could, and though maybe possibly we should, that our home would be available if someone is wandering and they need a place to stay. I mean, I know that sounds crazy. That seems kind of dangerous, but in that day it was normal. And so Jesus came to that place and they said, there is no room for you, so they made a place for him elsewhere. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in cloths. Okay, I read that already. I'm sorry. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those to whom his favor rests. And when the angels had left them and gone, into, the he gone um, into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. It's great that we cue the baby crying at that particular time. That's awesome. That was good. We've been rehearsing that. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen were just as they had been told. A couple of things as you think about that. Mothers are better at this than, than fathers. 
But I think, guys, we can learn from this too. Mothers are really good about just treasuring up things and just pondering and thinking about like when their kids were younger. And some of you will, will look back on this the little program today and think, remember when, when Knox cried and he wouldn't, he wouldn't sit up there and we got him all dressed up and he was really cute. He's probably burning up in that costume, you know. But wasn't that cute though? We just remember that we treasure up those moments and you're planting something even this day in Knox's heart about what really matters and what's really important. And Mary treasured up all these things. And you wonder what she was pondering. Did she have any idea what was going to happen to her son? Did she have any idea how much God truly loved her at that particular time to pour out his love inside of her and then through her for the rest of the world to see? Did she, did she know? Ladies and gentlemen, do you have any idea how much God loves you how much he's wanting to reveal his love to you, and how much he's wanting to reveal his love to people around you, through you. I mean, think about that. God's love came through Mary to the world. And God's love is going to come into the world through you and me. We are his conduits. conduits. He, we are his, his doorway to his love, and I'll get to that door here in just a minute. So we have the prophecy, we have the actual birth, and why? What is the reason why? Well, ultimately, we see the reason why 33 years later when Jesus goes to the cross on our behalf. But we hear about it in John 3.16 and 3.17, right? Where God so loved the world that he gave unto us, a son is born unto us, a son is given Right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will have everlasting life. They will not perish, it says. And it says that Jesus came into the world not to condemn the world. Sometimes we struggle with this concept. Does God really love us? I mean, if God really loves us, why, why are some of the things happening around us in our world? Why are some of the things happening in my own life? Does God really love us. I promise you, Jesus did not come into this world to point a finger of condemnation into your face and tell you about all the things that you have done wrong and how, how miserable you are. For one, Jesus doesn't need to do that, do that because we can bring that upon ourselves. We feel that way about ourselves at times. But it says that Jesus came into the world to save the world, not to condemn it. And that is good news. That is the reason why. Love is the reason why Jesus came. In the real way, this is a quote that I found um, on Twitter. There's this particular pastor that I get his, his tweets, and this was an inter a couple different things that he tweeted out just this week I thought was kind of, kind of um, interesting. It says, the real way to know how much you love somebody is how much you are willing to give. Well, Romans 5.8 says that God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus was willing to give his life for us, even yet at a time where we didn't deserve it. There was another place in 1 John 4, and if you have opportunity, turn there. Towards the back of your New Testament, all the way towards the back. If, you, if you're not careful, you'll skip right over the top of it because it's such a small book. 
1 John. And I'm glad that as I, as I get ready to read this passage, I'm glad that God didn't just say, I love you, right? He demonstrates his love for us. He shows us that he loves us. And that's, that's a, it's encouragement for us, and it gives us kind of some marching orders on being here on earth, and that we can just, we not just tell people that we love them, which is something we should do. My wife likes to hear me say that I love her, but she also really enjoys it when she comes home and the house is clean because I've just demonstrated to her that I love her. Right? And I like my house to be clean. But ultimately, it's because I love my wife. I want to serve my wife. My wife's not in here, I don't think, is she? Hopefully she listens to this podcast. <laughs> so look at 1 John chapter 4, starting in verse 9. Matter of fact, you could, you could read all of 1 John 4. It's a, great, it's, a, um, it's a great word. It's a homework for you there. But 1 John chapter 4, verse 9. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. That we might live through him. And this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. The word atoning is this, uh, this idea of of this work that brings reconciliation between two, two couples, like, um, or between a pers- one person and another, or between God and us, obviously. Re- reconciling a relationship. Last night, I had the opportunity to do my first remarriage. In all the years that I've been a pastor and done weddings, and lots of weddings, I'd never done a wedding for a couple who had gotten divorced and decided that they shouldn't have made that decision, and they decided to get back together. And I got the chance to do that last night. There was some atonement. There was reconciliation there. The, the re- relationship was broken. They didn't, obviously they didn't check with the love calculator before they got, you know, <laughs> before they got married or whatever. Um, but yet they, they made this decision, they separated, and they realized they should have never done that. And they wanted to be married again. And I got a chance to sign their marriage license and reconcile their marriage. It's a beautiful thing. And I want you to think about that, that's what God does for you and me, that he reconciles us to himself through Jesus. Dear friends, since God loved, so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. If you want to know God more intimately and just know his love, I promise you the, one of the ways, one of the most important ways that you do that is learn to love the person next to you. Learn to love the person that God puts in front of you during the day. Learn the, to love the person that you have trouble loving the most. And then God's love will be made complete in you. You will experience his love at a whole different level level. And that will be a common theme in this church and in this community. And I will do my 100% best to model that for you because that's what Jesus has done for me, right? We love because he first loved us. Matter of fact, when we realize 
that the two greatest commandments that Jesus revealed while he was, he was walking on earth, it was to love God and to love others. Jesus said, love God with everything that you have and then love others like you love yourself. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. If Jesus gave those commandments, do you believe Jesus lived those commandments? Yeah, of course he did. Yeah, he modeled that for us. He loved the Father by coming and, and giving himself for you and me so that he could reconcile us to his Father. He loved his dad so much. He said, God, I will do this for you because I love you and you love me. And then Jesus demonstrated love for us. While he grew up, he demonstrated love by healing people and, and raising people from the dead. He demonstrated love for, by washing his disciples' feet, serving those who were supposed to serve him. And he says, I will show you the full extent of my love. And he did it two ways. He washed their feet and then he died on a cross. He gives us that example to say, wash each other's feet. Love each other that way. Be willing to humble yourself and get down on your knees and love people. And, and feet are just messy and dirty. And people are messy and dirty. And Jesus wants us to love them that way. He's calling us to be obedient to that commandment, just like he was. He wants us to demonstrate our love to him and to others. This doorway. I, I came in this morning, and this was in the back. Say, it's cool. At school, there's all kinds of props, especially in the theater department. And I found this door, and it made me think about a lyric to a song that I've shared actually before. And it says that God put a million billion doors for his love to walk through. And one of those doors is you. So grab a hold of this idea. God demonstrates his love to us through Jesus being born into the world. He models for us what true love looks like. Sacrificial love. And through that love, we have the opportunity to have life. Life abundant here on earth, life eternal in heaven. Jesus then ascends into heaven, and he leaves then it up to us to demonstrate that love. For his love to walk through the door of our life. He demonstrates his love into the world through you and through me. And I promise you, if you begin to get that down, and you love people that way, Starting in, your, in our own homes. See, that's where the big challenge is. Loving people that are closest to us. You know, unconditionally and sacrificially and even when we don't get what we want back from them. Isn't it amazing? What if God waited to demonstrate his love to us when he finally got what he wanted from people? When people finally started to get it right. When they finally started to not sin. But yet it says he demonstrated his love for us while we were yet sinners. If God would have waited for that to happen, it would have never happened. Jesus would have never came. But at just the right time, Jesus comes into the world. And at just the right time, love through us comes into the world of other people that we come in contact with every single day of our life. Now, sometimes you have to be looking for it. You have to be looking for people to love. Love should be the number one reason why. It's the number one reason why we get up in the morning on Sunday and come here. It's the number one reason why we love other people 
that are different than we are. So number one reason why we love people that are just hard to love sometimes. Hey, listen to this. This is the number one reason why you love yourself. God's love is why. Because you are valuable, right? You are so valuable that God was willing to send his son for you. And I want to finish with this thought. Can we rely on God's love for us? Is it something that we can rely on? I say, yes, absolutely. And one of the reasons why is because God is love. He is. That's, that's how you, he's described. He can't do anything but love you. That's all he knows how to do. And in Scripture in Romans 8, it says that nothing can separate you from God's love. Maybe you felt separated from his love. Maybe you felt like there are times when you have just failed too many times, as if there was some kind of scale. Maybe you felt like if you put your name in, um, in the love calculator with God, there'd be 0% chance of the relationship working out. But that's not true. But the truth is, it does require us to invest some time in it to spend time with the Lord, talking to him, spend time learning to love and serve other people. I promise you, I just promise you, if you, if you learn to love selflessly, God will pour out his love in your heart in such a profound way, you'll never be the same again. I challenge you to figure that out. I challenge you to, to start now, this Christmas season, start now loving people that way. And then ask God, God, who is it that you want me to love today? And I promise you, if you ask that question, he's going to put somebody in front of you. And you, be, you better be willing to go ahead and demonstrate it. <laughs> and even if you're not good at it, even if you like stumble with your words and I don't know what to say or what to do, um, it's pretty amazing how God will use you in that moment. Emma is going to come and, with the band and they're gonna, she's going to sing this song that she's working on. And then what we'll do, come on up, you guys. What we'll do is at the end of, at the end of the song, uh, I'll come up and we'll have a closing prayer. And then, uh, and then our time will be done. We're going to be, we're going to take the offering up a little bit different again this morning. We're going to be doing it um, in the back. So as you prepare to leave today, um, just drop your, your gift. Um, if you're a guest, please fill out that card. If you have a prayer request, fill that out and drop it in the basket. And we will follow up with you on that. We would love to just know that you're here today. So let this song kind of be just a message to you as well. Amen. So let's pray. Father, we thank you that you are here. You're here. You're present through the power of your Holy Spirit in this world, in our hearts, for those who have put, our, put their faith in you, uh, Lord Jesus, you come to rest in us. And it's good news that you are here. It's good news that you can help us through the struggles of our day. God, you can help us to have the words to say and the, the resources to bless others, to demonstrate that love. God, we don't have to do it alone. We have 
We have you, obviously, God, and we have one another. God, I pray as a community, as a church, we would learn to just bless others, to love them in such a profound and uh, powerful way that ultimately they see you, they see your love, and you, then, Lord Jesus, will come to live inside of them. God, I pray that you would use us that way today, this Christmas season. I praise you for the gift of Jesus, the gift of love in this world. For it's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, Merry Christmas, everyone. And we're, we're a little disappointed that we can't be back on Christmas Eve. But here's the thing that my wife and I thought about. That's a gift to you, to be with your family, to love them, to spend time together, to travel. And you don't feel like, well, I, I got to get back to church. But you know what? If, you, if there's another church that has a Christmas Eve service and you want to go to it, obviously go and be blessed by that. But enjoy your family. Love one another. Maybe look around this week and see, is there anybody else you can bless and love and welcome into your home? Maybe give them a gift or whatever it is um, and experience God's love in a new way this year. So thank you so much for being here. And next week, uh, Arthur is going to be back. Arthur is going to sing a few songs for us. He's going to share his story. It's a really powerful way of how I got to meet him and how he came to be here today and next week. So you really want to come back for that and be a part of that. And so we're looking forward to that. Thank you, Arthur. And uh, just, man, is she amazing? Whose kid is this anyway? She's her mother's daughter. She, and she's not the only one, only one of the girls that can sing. We got two more too. And eventually they're all going to be up here together singing. So it's going to be awesome. Hey, way to go kids. Give it up for the kids. Awesome. That was fun. Fun stuff. We got some pictures to share with your kids later on. <laughs> then when they get a little bit older, you can use it against them. So whatever you need to do there. All right, bless you. Have a great day. Thank you.